Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zen Independently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the episode, here is a brief word from our sponsor, Anchor. How's it going, guys? It's your Zay. Back at it with the first episode in a while. So, it's been, I believe it's been four weeks, so it's been a month since I last did an episode. And if you're wondering why I was sounding different in the beginning of the episode in the intro, it's because I've spent the last four weeks transitioning. I am now identifying as a transgender female, and my pronouns are independent and minded. So please respect my pronouns. Please respect my privacy. That's why I've been gone for the past four weeks. But quite a few things have happened since I've been gone. I mean... If this isn't indicative on on how much the world needs independently minded, uh, the queen died. Uh, there might be nuclear war. I mean that that's kind of been that's been a looming threat for for the past few months. But still, it was it's because I was gone. Uh, what else has happened? Uh, th- quite a few things has ha- have happened since since we last spoke. Since I last spoke and did an episode, so. Just going to get right into it. There are quite a few things to talk about, so let's look at my notes. Um, so, so Russia's Nord Stream pipeline is closing, and they're, they're reasoning that they, Russia is claiming that they are closing the Nord Stream pipeline because they've been unable to, they, what they said is because of U.S. sanctions, they have been unable to do regular maintenance and repair and servicing on on the pipeline so that's the reason that they're claiming they're closing the pipeline it's dealing it's dealt a huge blow to europe we've been feeling it in germany Uh, energy costs are up an insane amount i think i read something like energy costs more than double for the for a normal german person for a normal german household energy costs twice as much as it did at this time a year ago so it's dealt a huge blow to to Europeans. It's strategically a smart move for Russia to blame the United States, uh, whether they are telling the truth or not. If they're telling the truth, if for some reason the sanctions, quote unquote, because sanctions is a very loaded term, if it's true that they're they're not able to do some maintenance on the Nord Stream pipeline, it 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 it'll turn. Some Europeans, it'll turn the European Union, especially Germans and Italians and, you know, the people that are hurting from this the most, that rely on this this pipeline the most, it'll turn them against Americans. It'll turn them against America, I mean, not not Americans. And it could cause some tension and some issues between uh, with some foreign policy between the European Union and different countries that are part of the European Union and the United States. So... But most people, uh, the way that the media circuit has been covering the Russia-Ukraine situation, most of the blame and most normal people that do not look into it too much, they blame Russia. I've, I've, I've experienced it every single place that I've gone, every city I've gone to. Anytime I go, I take a taxi and it's ridiculously overpriced. They always say, oh, Ukraine, Russia, which that mainly boils down to gas is too, it costs too fucking much, so... Yeah, we're going to charge you 20 euros for this taxi that takes five, uh, it's a five minute drive. I actually experienced that earlier this week. Anyway, this is a, this is a shitty situation for everybody involved. 
There are people in Russia that are suffering. I, I covered this when this first began, when this whole conflict started, when the invasion of Ukraine started. There are Russians that are suffering. Their economy is doing well right now, but in the long term it won't because you can't just rely on transactions that are only used in that are only using ruble as a currency. You, the sanctions are going to, in the long term, they're going to hurt the economy in Russia because boycotts and things like that. And then, of course, the main reason why Russia has been asking the European Union and asking, yeah, asking countries in the European Union, asking of Germany to pay them in rubles because they can't, they can't use any other form of currency because of the U.S. sanctions that we have, like uh, SWIFT, I think, this whole entire SWIFT system, uh, Visa, all of these major banks are taking part of these, in these sanctions, which is why a lot of a lot of Russians were uh, going to currency, uh, cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. So that 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 is why Russia has been relying on the ruble. That's why the ruble has been skyrocketing because all these transactions are using the ruble. The ruble is increasing in value. It's simple, simple economics. But it's a shitty situation because there are Germans. There are Germans that did not ask for this. Germans that either voted and didn't vote in favor of sanctions. They don't get sanctions on Russia and boycotting Russia, quote-unquote, and trying to go green and, uh, you know, keeping the house cold and and, and not setting your thermostat to a certain... That's not something that Germans were able to vote on. This is something that was retroactively decided by German politicians with zero care on how Germans feel. That's just how, that's how Germany works. It's the same with people in the United States. When Biden announces sanctions, whether you agree with them or not, not everybody does feel a certain way. So it's one of those things where everybody is involved, regardless of whether or not you like it or you chose to be a part of a part of the system. So I hope if you are a European citizen, if you are a German citizen who is suffering, your wallet's suffering, you're suffering because the cost of everything has gone up, not just energy. Because things that rely on energy, if, well, if, for example, tractors, farmers, farmers that are, that rely on diesel or that rely on gas or rely on whatever to power their equipment, to farm, to, to, to farm their lands, to raise uh, livestock, that's going to drive up the cost of the livestock. So it's going to drive up the cost of food. It's going to drive up the cost of construction and how long it might take to construct, to, to fix and repair roads. There, It's not just the cost of energy that's being affected. It's everything that is tied in and that relies on said energy. So make sure while you are suffering, first and foremost, Obviously, the most important thing is focus on taking care of your family and surviving. Uh, winter is coming. I mean, feels like Game of Thrones out here. Winter is coming. Make sure you remember the names of these politicians, though, that made these decisions without caring for your opinion. To be fair, that's not, that's not, the system is not built like that. It's not like the politicians can go to Twitter and ask, oh, oh I'm going to do a poll. How many of you people want to pay more at the pump and pay more uh, when heating your home and yeah, pay more for keeping the lights on and whatever. They're not, that's not, that's not the way the government runs. That's not the way politics runs in Germany. But just remember the the names of these politicians that are advocating and talking about 
I have you, I don't know if you guys have seen that picture out there that shows a Ukrainian flag and it says you're going to stay cold so they can stay warm because they need it most or some bullshit. Most people care about Ukraine, but most importantly, themselves and their own family, as they should. As they should. How am I contributing to the efforts in Ukraine, even if I want to or don't want to? How am I contributing by freezing and suffering at home? I'm not. I'm not individually helping with the with the conflict at all the this this bullshit stance this like this soapbox stance by these rich politicians and these corrupt politicians the ones that can't afford to pay extra at the pump the ones that that i don't know they have more energy efficient homes the ones that have priority when it comes to energy shortages they have priority uh in in oil getting to their house or whatever those are the ones who are volunteering normal people like you and me they're volunteering us they're making us suffer they're making decisions on our behalf without including us in this decision making so this sucks you know it's it's one of those things although germany and america are different when it comes to politics this type of thing happens happens in america too voters don't get to vote on certain things but they still suffer the consequences of of said actions so remember remember the names of these people so the next bit of news i wanted to talk about there's a suit being filed against the black lives matter global network foundation which is an extension of black lives matter so in this suit it's being it's actually being filed against uh shalomaya bowers black lives matter and uh the executive that's a part of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, Bowers' consulting firm, and then a few other unnamed people. So, they're being accused of siphoning $10 million from Black Lives Matter donors, which I've talked about this this issue many times before. I've predicted that they have, in fact, siphoned millions of dollars, probably more than $10 million. The number probably goes up each day the more money gets donated to Black Lives Matter. It's just a matter of time before this before this foundation, before Black Lives Matter, officially loses a lawsuit like this. Because I, I covered it in the past when the co-founder Patrice Cullors was, was found having purchased, with Black Lives Matter donation money, multiple luxury homes in Southern California. And even some, some I, I, I believe I saw they were buying some properties overseas as well. I knew this was just the beginning of the end as far as the siphoning of money. Is it going to be the end of Black Lives Matter? Absolutely not. Because the immediate knee-jerk response by most Black Lives Matter supporters and even by the co-founder herself was was to claim racism. That, like, that really was what she claimed. She claimed it was racism and it was racist to accuse a black person of using donor money to buy a home. And the home was a, a huge landmark event that happened you know it's such a hard thing for black people to own property in america and it's it's actually racism it's racist to accuse me of siphoning money to buy a luxury home because i didn't buy it for me i bought it for our academy or something she said something to it has something to do with uh, education uh, i guess they're gonna have a school and some luxury home in hollywood or, or in los angeles or whatever but i predicted that this is going to happen and we're starting to see it unfold uh before our very eyes 
things like this are not hard to investigate and not hard to to come to conclusions with. I've talked about it before. When heavy amounts of donor money are being played with in the United States, there, there are lots of eyes watching. The IRS watches. They do investigations. They do audits. They make sure that this money is going towards what there be what what is being promised by the the charity or nonprofit uh, that's involved. This money, they have to prove that this money has gone towards what they've promised, and what they've promised is using the money to better better uh, reach the goals of uh, of helping Black Lives Matter or something. I, I don't remember. You guys can go to the website and read that trash yourself. But it's a it's a it's a vague and scam-like promise from uh, you know from the get-go from the get-go it looked like something that was fishy it always was something fishy the saying black lives matter is something that's easier to get behind but once you become an entity that uses a slogan that more people can to get can get behind and you use it to emotionally manipulate people and brainwash people and sometimes even outright lie to people and mislead people just to make money, to pretend like you're actually helping black lives. It's one of the grossest things you could do. I've talked about this before. I I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse over the head. But this is something that I predicted. And it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. And of course, I will cover it on this podcast because it's something that I genuinely care about. And it seems like people do too. So we'll have to keep monitoring that situation and see what happens. So the next bit of news I wanted to talk about was this Martha's Vineyard saga. This has been funny. So apparently Ron DeSantis has just been bussing immigrants. He was he actually bussed immigrants from Florida up to illegal immigrants. Illegal immigrants, that's an important thing to uh emphasize. Ron DeSantis was a couple months ago he started bussing illegal immigrants to New York City. Because New York City and the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, is constantly boasts about being a sanctioned city, a, shan- a sanctuary city, not a sanctioned city, a sanctuary city for illegal immigrants. If you're an illegal immigrant, come here. We'll take you here. We'll take you here away from all these racist people that don't want to let unchecked swaths of illegals coming across the border. You guys can come here. And when Ron DeSantis took them up on that offer, Eric Adams and a lot of bullshit corrupt swamp creature new york politicians were pissed about it he did the same thing with martha's vineyard he started busting illegal immigrants up there because a bunch of the celebrities including barack obama who's not just a celebrity he is a former president who have talked about who's who've boasted about sanctuary cities and have boasted about being on the right side of this issue saying all illegal immigrants should come no human is illegal all this bullshit they haven't said a thing. They've been silent on whether or not they're going to open up their personal homes. Because like with the, the sanctions and like with the paying more at the pump and the and the wrapping up in blankets rather than turning on the heater at your house and all that, not burning as much firewood and all this bullshit, these people will volunteer our homes, our streets, and our communities, us normal people, us normal individuals that are not corrupted swamp creatures they'll volunteer us up to take in people that we don't know people that we don't know we can trust into our homes and into our communities and around our kids 
hypocrisy at its best that's the bet that's hypocrisy is the is the perfect word to sum up this martha's vineyard illegal immigrant saga these people these powerful celebrities that are constantly on their soapboxes one they're trying to make themselves look better they're trying to make more money they're trying to look righteous righteous they're trying to pander to woke spoiled brats and they're also trying to hide something always 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 they do the same thing with guns. The same celebrities that advocate for gun control, that advocate for people not being allowed to own quote-unquote assault rifles, all their security guards have those assault rifles quote-unquote. Assault rifle is not a, a clearly defined term when it comes to guns. They're talking about automatic rifles. Their people have automatic rifles. They're talking about submachine guns. Their people have submachine guns. They most likely have them at their house, and they use them in the, in in the pieces of art that they that they portray. All these celebrities that are a part of Hollywood, they pretend to be gun control, a uh, pro gun control, and anti gun. But in their movies, all their movies feature good guys with guns that are stopping bad guys, which is something that happens every day in America and will continue to happen as long as we don't get our guns taken. As long as gun control doesn't become too rampant. Anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. This whole thing is funny. Don't trust these people. Do not trust what politicians say. Pay attention to what they do. Actions speak louder than words. Sometimes the words will line up with actions and you'll get a good politician. But these politicians are never consistent. They're hypocrites. And they're willing to throw normal people under the bus and volunteer normal people to do the stuff that they pretend that they would do, but they won't. Like with the Germans, like with the Swiss, like with the Austrians, and like with all EU inhabitants, remember the names of these people and vote them out. Vote them out. Protest them. Rally against them. Do everything you can and to make sure that these that the way that they, they behave is unacceptable and that you won't take it. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was I did read there are, there are some conflicting perspectives when it comes to COVID. I've said for a long, long, long time that COVID is over. It's been over, you know, after the first wave, COVID was over for me because after that, nothing was as deadly as far as I know. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, nothing was more deadly. Most people died with the first strain, with, with the original alpha variant of COVID-19. Uh, we had different variants later on, like Lambda was more dangerous, but not as many people got Lambda. Omicron was highly, highly infectious, but it didn't kill as many people. I got Omicron. Members of my family got Omicron. All of them came out unscathed without without any permanent damage, as far as we know. My wife got Omicron or whatever came after Omicron, it's hard to say because, you know, when you go get tested and if something's positive, it's it doesn't say which variant you had. But lots of people are, are unsure. They're like, is COVID over? Do I want to keep wearing the mask? Blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, don't care about what other people say. Don't care about what politicians say. Do what is what you feel you're comfortable with. I know I'm not going to ever wear a mask again unless... I don't know, unless it gets really extreme and someone points a gun at me and tells me that I have to wear a mask. But as far as I know, COVID is over. As far as I'm concerned, COVID is over. There are some there are some places I know 
I know Germany is planning. They're trying to plan some some more restrictions as the as winter comes, but it's over. We understand the disease. Uh, we understand the virus. We understand who it affects the most, how it affects people, who it negatively affects the most, mainly being people with four or more comorbidities and obesity, vitamin deficiency. That's like that's not a COVID. That's not something that only will affect you if you get COVID. If you're vitamin deficient, period, you're going to be unhealthy, especially if you get a sickness. If you're if you get the cold, if you get the flu, if you get bronchitis. No matter what, your body needs vitamins to arm the immune system. That's a simple, simple thing. So it's not a surprise that if you're vitamin deficient, you're not going to do well. You might not do well against COVID. All I know is that if some crazy draconian measures come into effect again, where I live, not going to be happy. I'm going to be very, very, very annoyed and upset and outspoken on this podcast you know, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore, but if it's something that affects my life, I'm going to talk about it. And I will, if I can, join some protests because most people are done and over COVID. They don't think about it anymore. They don't wear masks anymore. They're not getting any more of those fucking rushed out, spooky, suspicious vaccines, which more and more studies are coming out now. More and more truth has been coming out now about the vaccines, the thousands and thousands of reported side effects. The tens of thousands of deaths reported by the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which is not bullshit, it's legit. All these things are coming out now, and I hope that everybody that was ever silenced, that ever lost a job, that ever got opportunities taken from them, or sponsors yanked from them, from them, or they made less money, or they were shamed by their coworkers, shamed by their family members, shamed by their neighbors for taking these stances... And for being just a little questioning, uh, they were just a little, a little hesitant on the measures that were taken, and the the psychotic behavior of fellow humans. I hope you're vindicated. I hope you feel vindicated. I hope if you can sue, you sue the fuck out of anybody that 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 abused you because of your stance on COVID, and your stance on the vaccines, and your stance on the responses by governments. I hope you are vindicated. Whether it's in spirit, whether it's in mind, whether it's uh, with money, I hope that you, I don't want to say get your revenge because I don't want to incite violence, but I hope you receive vindication. That's that's as far as I'm going to take it. Last thing I wanted to talk about, this is something that I actually briefly, kind of in a throwaway segment of a podcast episode a few months ago, I talked about um, Matt Gates. Matt Gates was accused of sex trafficking a couple months ago and I didn't know too much about Matt Gates. I still don't know and I still don't really give a shit about Matt Gates. He's he reminds me of this new wave of of weird young Republicans that are slowly starting to well kind of rapidly rise in popularity and in following and support. Matt Gates is a representative. Like I said, I don't know too much about him. I don't know his stance on things. I just am always suspicious of anybody who who is registered as a Democrat or Republican. I've said it before, everybody should be registered as an independent because when you're registering as a Republican, it mean it, it it gives the Republican party the okay to continue going down the path that they're going, to not actually do anything. Doesn't matter. We have this person's vote no matter what. 
because because they're closed-minded. Same with the Democratic Party. Same with any political party, as far as I'm concerned. You should always you should always uh, you should always register as an independent. I will register as an independent till the day that I die. And if there's an independent party, I'm not going to register for that either, because there should not be a party. Uh, it defeats the purpose. It's like the individual party. There there can't be an individual party because individuals take different stances. Individuals feel differently about different political issues and they're going to vote differently. You get what I'm saying. So apparently, so in that episode, I I've, I remember looking at a picture of Matt Gates. I think I pulled it up on the episode. It was probably a video episode. And I said, he looks like he did it. So he probably did it. And I moved on. But I just want to make sure that I cover for anybody that's been following this story. Uh, the Department of Justice prosecutors uh, have been recommended against charging Matt Gates in a sex trafficking probe. There are also other bits. There's another story that runs concurrently with this that looks like this was all part of a big blackmailing scheme, which is horrible, which is a bad, it's a very bad look. It's one of those things where, you know, sex trafficking and sexual misconduct, sexual harassment, sexual abuse, those things are taken very, very seriously as they should. But people, bad faith actors, know that this that these issues are taken very seriously um, in 2022. So anytime there's an opponent, whether it's political or whatever, whenever they have an opponent that they don't feel like they can take down on merit, they'll me too them, quote unquote. They'll accuse them of sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, or even sex trafficking. And that's what it looks like. That's what looks like happened with Matt Gates. There seems to be, you know, like I said, the story is developing. Don't quote me on this. We could find out that that this was another another bit of bullshit, and he actually was sex trafficking. You, you never know. But anyway, the Department of Justice, at the end of the day, is recommending that Matt Gates is not charged with the sex trafficking probe. And there seems to be a developing story that shows that there was blackmail involved, and that people, someone, well, I guess I'm sure we'll find out as the story develops. Someone was trying to blackmail, I think I read like a figure of tens of millions, I want to say it was 20 or $25 million from Matt Gates uh, for some fake sex trafficking probe. So I just wanted to make sure, put it out there. I'm not going to apologize because I don't know Matt, Matt Gates. He could be a cool guy, could be a scumbag. I don't know him. I'm never going to know him. But as far as uh, his politics go, I also don't know and I don't care. So I'm not going to apologize for anything. I made a joke, but... Yeah, it looks like Matt, uh, Matt Gates is being vindicated for the sex trafficking allegation. So good for him. Good for him. He still he still is a stop the steal guy. So that's odd. That's something that makes me question his character. But anyway, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Like I said, sorry I've been away for, for four weeks. Um... I just got to get back into the groove of podcasting again. I'm going to, of course, go back to consistently doing an episode a week. Don't have to worry about that. Thank you for staying tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode. And thank you for your continuous support, even while I was away. As always, stay safe, stay away from those crazies out there, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.